What's the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's a pod named Kickback. A pod named Kickback. It's like a tribe called Quest. You, you say, say the, the whole thing. thing. Welcome to a pod named Kickback, also known as the Black CNN. And the revolution will we'll be, be televised. televised. I'm no breaks new, the righteous ratchet. If you throw it, I'll catch it. If you got it, I'll match it. Every Monday, you right back at it. I am the Black Savage. Yo, what up, y'all? It's JB Frank. I'm that gangster geek. Coming at you every goddamn Monday. Representing NWA, Nerds with Attitude. Happy Monday, everybody. Good evening. Welcome back to the show. We got a lot to talk about today, New. Yeah, this show is robust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> robust. This is a robust show. Strapping, healthy. <laughs> yeah. It's like girthy. <laughs> <Pause>. <laughs> so, uh, we're titled this week's episode How to Start a Podcast During the Pandemic. Right. Because a lot of you guys have been inquiring about that. And I did a show on Facebook one day, but it was during a pandemic, so I ain't had no good haircut, and the, the, the mics was low, um, and the, the, it, the lighting was bad, and I was like, this can't be used for informational purposes. Um, but I'm going to come back and redo it, give you guys the good information, and get right to it. And, um, before we do that, and we're, we're going to spice this up too, so it'll be like a 10-minute clip or whatever mm -hmm, for that mm -hmm. one section. Right. But... And we're also going to get into other other stories. We got to talk about Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez. We got to talk about what's going on here in Georgia between the the, the mayor and the governor. We got to talk about goddamn entanglements, more entanglements. Mm -hmm. DJ Khaled and Drake, mm -hmm. Nick Cannon, and no, we're not canceling Nick Cannon for the record. But we'll we'll get into all that shit later. But first, we're going to start with our high and low of the week. Um, JB, what, what was your high low? Um, my low of the week. Uh, was work. It was a really, really tough week. Um, a lot of crazy stuff happened that I had to deal with, um, you know, and it was one of those weeks at work that you just kind of want to forget happened, you know. Mm. Um, um, but at any rate, um, that was counterbalanced by the high of the week because I picked up my kids on Friday, you know, mm -hmm. and got to spend the whole weekend with them. We had a fucking ball. Um, hanging out, um, you know, just, uh, they're, they're just so much fun to be around, you know, they just, <laughs> they just made me, they just made me feel a million times better, you know, um, so shout out to my babies, um, I know y'all can't watch this show because it's a little grown up for y'all right now, but um, as we do always, we'll talk about the topics that we discuss when I get home because we always do that yeah, after yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's up, that's what's up. Um, low was work, how was the kids? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, can I can I break tradition? Sure. I had a couple highs this week. Why not? All right. So one high, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to move. We're both looking to move. Um, and I got denied from one spot that I wanted a month ago. But since then, I found some spots that I like just as much, if not more. And I've narrowed it down to two locations. Uh, well, I guess we have, technically. And um, I feel really good about that. And the move will be happening. We're getting the hell out of Sandy Springs. Feel great about that. Um, we had a taco Tuesday with the kids, um, my god kids, JB's kids. Um, 
I made tacos, and JB made this spinach salad with his own dressing he made from scratch. And um, we just sat down with the kids, ate, had a good, you know, good conversation, and, and like we really talked about some real life stuff. And it's always great when you can, you know, talk to the kids and impart some wisdom. And then we had fun and playing video games. So that was the shit. And JB, I had my first date of the pandemic. Okay. And that shit was fun. So okay. I'm starting to get back to normal. A okay. little bit of normalcy. Okay. Ashanti, don't be mad. I ain't um, mad at that. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, so ha ha ha. I Snoop Dogg, I was real high. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at that, man. Three highs is always a plus, especially nowadays, man. Yeah. Can't be mad at that at all. So our weekly kickback fact. Uh, JB's elementary school sweetheart, Typhoid Mary, mm -mm. was a mm -mm. real historical person yes. who became notorious in the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. She was an Irish woman, y'all know JB like the Irish woman, named Mary Mallon, who immigrated to the United States in the 1880s. I'll tell you how old JB is. Um, though she had no symptoms of typhoid fever. This nigga she carried the bacteria in her blood and could pass it on to other people because no doctor could convince her that this was true and she never felt sick. She insisted on working as a cook. During her career, she infected at least 51 people with this typhoid fever, three of whom died before she was isolated and in forced quarantine for the last decades of her life. Mm -hmm. well, the what does that sound like? Yeah. But JB, I know you, you studied this story a lot. Yeah, this, this story gets deeper than that because, I mean, she truly was just, uh, like, excuse me, ladies, but she truly was just a dirty bitch. Like, um, <laughs> like she, um, you know, they, the first family she infected, they were like, well, Mary, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, the all of the, like, everybody in the house is sick and and you're cooking for everybody like and they were like are you washing your hands woman and she was like no i don't have time to wash my hands while while i'm while wow. i'm cooking so i just don't and so the typhoid it was actually being passed through fecal matter but mm. yeah i mean because anyway so they got infected. They told her, "Okay, you can't work. You can't work as a cook anymore." So she said, "Okay, I won't work as a cook, but fuck y'all, but I won't work as a cook." So then she went, changed her name, and got another job as a cook. Mm. Infected another family. That's when people died, and they locked her up the first time. They locked her up for two years so that they could study her body and understand what the fuck was going on, and then they let her out with the promise that she would never, ever, ever work as a cook again. Mm. Another family comes down with typhoid. <laughs> Another two kids die. Oh. And they're like, she was working at a goddamn hospital as a cook. Wow. Wow. And that's when they you locked like her up. like a horror up. story. <laughs> that's when they locked her up for the rest of her life. So, yeah, typhoid Mary is what they called her. But, um, yeah, just exactly what we're afraid of <laughs> you know motherfuckers right. like that yeah niggas don't want to wear masks niggas don't want to do we're gonna get into all of that shit that's why i we chose that as a kickback fact of the week because it leads into the other topics but we know why you're here how to start a podcast let's get into it. during a pandemic let's get into it we're gonna give you the steps to the process um from a to z 
hopefully this is instructional, informational, and inspirational. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first step is yet to find something you love to talk about and find something you love to talk about it with. Doesn't matter if you disagree all the time, or if you agree all the time, or if it's 50-50. But it's somebody that wants to talk about it as much as you and that you enjoy having conversations with. Now, that's how we started our podcast. Right. Um, well, at first it was internet radio, you know, just for those who do remember. And I was thinking about um, doing a show, and the first thing that came to my mind was, who do I want to do the show with? Who balances me? Who can I have a great conversation with? Who can I go down a rabbit hole in these different topics with? And I was like, JB. One, because I was a rap nigga from D.C. I was doing my thing and all that shit. And JB graduated from Harvard, had his own business. And so when we discussed things, we looked at things from a different perspective sometimes. Sometimes we would be on the same side, but totally different perspectives. We may agree, but the reason we agree were totally different. And yep. I thought that made for excellent com- commentary, yep. excellent content, because we arrive at the same point, but the way we got there, it be it's totally different sometimes. Yeah, and, and that's um, still the case. Still the case. We got an argument level like, two, three weeks ago about that shit, and it had the same endpoint, but just how we get there. Um, that's that W E B. Um, who's your argument? Booker T. And Booker T. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, that's very important. Who do you want to do this show with? If you can do it by yourself, are you going to have guests? If you're not going to have guests, no, you're going to have them come in, you're going to have them call in. you got to figure that out, the format of your show. Yeah, and I think format kind of drives to number two that you got here, New. You know, is it is it topic-driven or if it is it idea-driven? And really, mm-hmm. that kind of goes down to, like, what exactly are you going to talk about on your show? And that's what we mean by format, right? Like, what what is what is the theme of the show? You can't just get on the show and be like, yeah, whatever, because, yeah, whatever gets real old real quick. Trust me, we we ain't... We yeah. 300 and some episodes into yeah. it. Yeah. Whatever doesn't work, <laughs> you know. So yeah. you have to be thinking about that every time before you broadcast, you know. Yeah, if, if it's topic-driven, then it's the topics of the week, the topics of the month, the topics of the year, whatever topic. If it's idea-driven, um, and topics can be time-stamped. Our show, a lot of times, is time-stamped. Yeah. An episode from a year ago is going to talk about shit from a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's idea-driven, you can make an episode on... Uh, Vaginal orgasms, that's going to be good forever because you can always go back and listen to that show. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's what we try to do on our show, what makes us a little different, is we have topics that are time stamped, but then we have conversation pieces, ideas that aren't. How to start a podcast isn't time stamped. Yep. When we yep. talk about this uh, Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lane shit, that is time stamped. Absolutely, absolutely. So you'll get a you'll get a mix, but that that falls into the category of format, knowing what you're doing before you mm-hmm. jump out there and do it. Good title. You got to have a good title. Um, we started off as the, when I, my rap name was New the Mayor, uh, so it was New the Mayor show with JB Frank, and then we wanted to switch it because we had put the ladies in different hosts and. What we were most known for, what we do the most, is kickbacks. Mm-hmm. Kind of how we came up with the format for the show was that a kickback. We like to sit around, get drunk, get high, talk, have a good conversation, and this just needs to be on TV somewhere or on a podcast. Right. And so we, it was a kickback, and I wanted it on TV. I did not want to be a podcast. So I, we named it Kickback TV. 
live from Atlanta because Atlanta's the epicenter of everything right and now. And be clear, that that happened before Red Table Talk or any oh, yeah. of the, any of these other things. Oh, yeah. You know, all of these kind of sitting around the 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 couch or whatever talking kind of shows you see now. We 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 we've done this longer than that. I mean, yeah, that, we started that, in 2012. Right. So that's how timeless this format has become, and how important it's become. These types of discussions. You know, talk your shit, JB. We've been <laughs> doing this since 2012. Before Jada, before Joe Button, right. before Gilly, right. before horrible decisions. Before we we were first for the record, and that's neither here nor there. Um, moving on. Uh, your logo, your marketing, merchandise, social media. Got to have a good logo. We're always on the sofa. Our logo right there in the in, the, in that corner right there. Yeah. A pod name Kickback. And for those that can't see the actual logo, um, it's the Kickback is a sofa. So it, it has a, a pimp stick next to it because, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> we got it from a pimp named Slickback. Um, so it's, that's kind of an ode to him. And... Um, uh, your marketing. How are you marketing? Is it social media? Is it word of mouth? You know, when our book club this week, we're talking about the book Contagious, which says word of mouth is more important than social media. Absolutely. Um, so we do word of mouth. We do Twitter. We do Facebook. We do Instagram. Um, JB's always on Christian Mingle pumping the page. I mean, that's what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? So you got to get it out there. People have called me a, a shameless self-promoter, and I accept it. When they were making a post last week about... Uh, non-exotics. Um, <laughs> I went right on there and said, yeah, man, protect black women. Here's an episode we did on y'all. We don't hate y'all. Not, not at this podcast, at least. Watch it. And people watched it. And they tuned in. They clown me. Some people clown me. But we got new followers. We got new kickbackers. Yeah, you have to you have to become a podcaster. Um, so everyone you talk to, everyone you meet on the street, you need to slide your podcast into whatever it is you're talking about. Like everybody needs to know that you're a podcaster. Number one, right? Number two, getting back to the merch and the logo. That's key. You need to have a consistent presence, a consistent stamp for absolutely everything that you do, so that the name recognition recognition and the brand recognition can build momentum behind merchandise which during the pandemic as you grow will be one of your solid revenue streams because mm -hmm. everywhere you go you'll be able to sell merch everything you do you'll be able to sell merch you'll be able to come up with little clips on the back end of all of your videos all of your podcasts advertising your merch that way you can immediately have something to sell at the end of each episode it's a very important step and people do what's, um, what they see everybody else doing. Right. So if you have eight people with a pod and kickback mugs, there's going to be a ninth person that says, hey, where the hell my mug? Y'all do it now. You know how many requests we get for mugs? This is like this is gonna be our biggest seller. Damn yeah, man. yeah, um, yeah. Everybody wants to sit on the couch with a kickback yeah, mug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they're the gangster geek or they're the righteous ratchet. Yeah. yeah. So you know, no, 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 no. Um, but you want to get your merch out there, um, t-shirts, you know, your mugs, whatever's popping. Uh, something related to your podcast. If you're a musical podcast, maybe you have a uh, uh, MP3 play. I don't fucking know. Uh, headphones, whatever the hell. Um, headphone stickers, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you want to call it. Um, that was a crazy example, your own headphones. That's next level. That's not what everybody can do. But not to start yeah, out. Yeah, no. but that was on, no, that just was on my mind. Um, now, the apps, 
Um, Anchor is free. Anchor gets you uh, paid advertisers. Um, and it seems like a podcaster's dream. Even earn your leisure podcast, EYL, one of the biggest podcast, business podcasts in the country, they use Anchor. Um, I wouldn't use Anchor. I want to, um, because I believe that Anchor, I don't know what's up with Anchor's numbers, because you're not your own podcast. You're part of the Anchor podcast tree. And so your RSS number, which is your barcode that identifies your particular podcast, is like five five Anchor podcast number 5555. Our RS number is a pod named Kickback. I just want to keep it that way. It makes me feel more secure in my ownership. And um, but I know I, other people who don't care. Well, and uh, part part of what was confusing to me was um, how to appropriately monetize the podcast outside of the influence of Anchor. You know, because we want to do a variety of different things rather than just be locked down with Anchor and how Anchor does things, right? Um, and what we learned is with Transistor, Transistor, you get to have your own RSS, which means that then you have many more publishing and broadcasting options available to you. And I would also believe that when it comes down to contract time, you don't have to worry about this intermediary relationship with Anchor. Um, and, and I think that's a part of what what would happen if you were to sign to a bigger contract, you know? Yeah, like Spotify or whomever. Yeah, if they signed you up to a deal, then you would have to break Anchor off with a piece of that because they own, they partly own your podcast, basically. It's a little weird. Um, so, yeah, Trans Transistor is definitely the better move, Newt. Absolutely. That's who we use. There are other companies you can use that set up like Transistor. That's just who we chose to go with. Mm -hmm. Um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you want to get your app. And now let's get into the technical side because that's one of the biggest questions is, well, what mics do I use? Um, how, how are you recording? What software are you using? How, are you recording? Now, we've recorded on our phone the video forever, it felt like. Um, now we use a camera. What camera you guys use? What kind of this? What kind of that? How come news head is so, his bald head is glistening? Now it's because of the camera. So I'm going to hand it over to JB to break down the technical side, the gangster geek. Gonna get you ready with the mics and the cords and all that shit. Um, I'm using the sure mic. <laughs> so, so let's uh, so let's start out simple because I think I think that you're gonna want to take this in phases in terms of how much money you're able to invest in your podcast. If it's phase one, you don't have any money, you've really just got an idea and you're trying to make it happen, you can literally do all of that on your phone. It's not gonna be good quality, it's not gonna be the best, best mic quality, but I think it's more important to start getting content out there first, because once you have content out there, then you can start building recognition and brand recognition with your podcast, and you can allow the quality of your broadcast to grow with your podcast the same way we did. Next thing you want to do is the next smallest investment you can make is in a good microphone. You can get a Yeti microphone. Yeti microphones run about $150 by my uh, recollection and then another $30 for an iPhone adapter, a USB adapter. This means that you can then use a Yeti microphone to record your podcast inside of your phone. Now there are audio apps that you can use to record the podcast. I believe one of them was called Recorder Studio. It had a little, uh, 
uh, black and green icon with the little four tracks that we were using mm -hmm. to record back mm -hmm. in the day new. Um, that one was very good. You had mixed down capabilities at the end of the broadcast, right? So that would be step two, getting a microphone, microphone equipment. Step three is the whole shebang, right? And that's talking lights, um, microphones, you know, the whole thing. And the reason why I say it's a whole thing is because it doesn't really make sense to just do mics without really just doing everything else too because incrementally it's only about 50 to 100 more dollars to take care of everything else once you've bought the mics because the mics and the mic setup are arguably the most expensive part now it's an assumption that you have a laptop right if you don't have a laptop then the laptop is going to be the most expensive expense but if you've got a laptop or another computer then you can buy a USB audio interface. <clears throat> We're using the PreSonus audio interface. That interface runs you about $200, right? We're using a Logitech web camera. That web camera is available in 1080p quality. That web camera is about $100. So that's $200 and another $100. That's $300, right? You've got the stands for the lights the lights themselves and the umbrellas, that's another $50, right? Not very expensive at all, right? So now we're at, what, $350 new? Mm -hmm. Now for the most expensive and most important piece in getting your podcast up to snuff in terms of quality, because we are talking about a podcast. We are primarily talking about audio broadcasts. So what you want to do is you want to invest in the best audio equipment that you can get. Now, my recommendation is to go with performance recording mics. And what I mean by performance recording mics, I mean out of the mics that come and you can put them on, well, I was actually talking about the condensers that a lot of people use if they've got a real studio set up. If, you okay. got, if you've got room and you can get branching stands, what they call brachial stands that look like arms, that come over so the mic can get in front of you without you know, taking up a whole shitload of space in front of you, then you can go with condenser mics. Now those are a little more expensive. They tend to run at least about $300 a piece for good ones, plus, plus the cables. Um, you're looking at another $30 for cables, right? So for two microphones and cables, you're looking at about 630, plus the other 350 that we already had. That's what, about 980 new? So we're creeping up on a grand, right? I'm keeping it honest with you because that is what we have invested. Now specifically, which mics do we have? We have, they can't hear you. I know, I, I was looking at the mic. Sure, yeah. We have the uh, we have the Shure PGS8s. These are stage performance mics. These are mics that are designed to be held by people who are singing, yelling, talking loudly. They're designed to isolate the sound. So my mic doesn't pick up what New is saying. New's mic doesn't pick up what I'm saying. I love these mics because they're very flexible. When New runs off and chases a salamander, he can take his <laughs> mic with him, right? So it just gives us gives us a lot more flexibility. We are also capable of doing on-site, on-location broadcasts because our equipment is mobile new. That's all I got in terms of the technology. If you want to know more or you want any more details, hit me up. I'll be happy to provide them. 
and I'm going to give you guys a way to do your podcast for free. No money. With what you have in your house right now. Download the Anchor app. Anchor.fm. Download that app. Record into your phone. Don't use a mic. Sit your phone in front of you on a table or whatever and yell into the phone. Well, not yell, but talk into the phone. If you want to do uh, interviews with somebody who's in a different place, talk on the phone like this. Have them call into the Anchor app, and you have a whole conversation like this on the phone, and that's your interview. Uh, you know, Or sit the, mic, sit the uh, phone down on the table. Talk. You know, we did our first 30 podcast episodes with my phone or JB's phone on the table in front of us and just talking. Yep. You know, if it's two of you, one phone is for the recording of the um, the video. Set your phone up on a tripod, hit record. We do ours on Facebook Live and save the video in HD and then upload it to YouTube. And your other phone is here recording the audio for the audio only portion. And you can start a podcast tonight. Yeah. For free. Yeah, that's real. That's, that's real. not where you want to finish. No, that's yeah. That's why I say it's stages to that shit. You yeah, want you want to you want your equipment to grow as yeah, as your podcast you, grows. You can start right if you have no money. Now, if you have some money, do what the hell JB said, or do some of it, the, the portions you can. If you have zero dollars, you can start a podcast right now. Yeah, zero have it on Apple, yeah, and Spotify, and yep. all the major sites. Yep, starting out, starting out, do it on your phone. Step two, buy a good mic. Step three, buy the rest. It's just, it's just that simple, right? Basically, I um, I hope we, we broke that down um, for you guys. We do want to get into live shows, networking, Patreon. So, uh. Podcast. If you if you're not through Anchor, they're not providing you with uh, uh, sponsors. You have to go get your own, and that, that's work. Going to a business saying, "Hey, we want to advertise the business." We did a lot of bartering at first. People would give us drinks, would give us free food to talk about their product on a podcast, um, and we we're able to leverage that because, like, even right now, we're number seventy in the country. Number 70 in the country. Two niggas from D.C. that do a podcast in an apartment. Number 70 in the country. That's, that's neither here nor there. Um, but when you have leverage, you, you, can, you can leverage it. Um, that one, one way is to get sponsors and have, have them be paid sponsors. Run ads to watch a podcast. Another way is Patreon, which is the proud to pay mechanism set up to Nipsey Hussle where people will say I, we had three tiers on ours mm-hmm. a kicker mm-hmm. tier for the kickers is two dollars the backers is four dollars and the kick back yes! is seven dollars a month and people are players that a month to uh, support the podcast support us buying equipment support our live shows and it's really important that you come up with an idea of how you're going to monetize your podcast, even yep. when you're starting out. Um, you always want to have a plan of progression from beginning to end, right? And even when you're starting out small, you want to make merchandising and monetization a part of your process early because the earlier you do it the faster your fan base will grow and the revenue will grow in accordance with that you don't want to have you don't want to be sitting on top 
of 10,000 fans or 10,000 subscribers and bringing in zero money because they all just like you on Facebook or right, YouTube. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, network with other podcasts. Um, our biggest episode on the streaming sites, at least, came and we brought on Tahoe from the So Shameless podcast. Um, doing live shows, like the live show we did with Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they came into Atlanta, uh, shout out to So Shameless, Trauma, Dodge, the whole team, mm-hmm. um, Orlando. Um, and they let us open up for them. And we did a contest. Whoever follows us on Instagram gets the She Orgasm pills. And that made everybody want to follow us on Instagram. We gave out the prizes. And if they're following you on Instagram, they'll see clips of the show. Exactly. Because we post clips of our show on social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So should you. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, get videos, 60-second clips, five-minute clips um, to promote the show, to give you an idea of what we're doing. So you may want to go and tune into a whole episode. Um, and I recommend that for sure. We work with uh, Cocktails. We work with Poor Minds. We work with So Shameless. Uh man. All um, mothers. All mothers. Recently. Um, um Mandy from Horrible Decisions is supposed to be coming on. The whole pandemic, everything got crazy. We'll see how that works out. Um, but you know, we we aim to have podcasts with bigger audiences than our, than us to come on the podcast or to have us on their podcast so that we can um grow our audience, steal some of your fans. And that's smart business, you know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, and and folks will be eager to network with you. And when that happens, you have to show and prove the same way they do, you know. Yeah, like Tahoe came on our show and was like, "Thank y'all, man. The ticket sales was looking pretty good." And then we added y'all niggas, and the ticket sales went up. And I'm like, we did our part. We tried, you know what I'm saying? And and niggas will appreciate that. I'm taking a chance on a smaller podcast that's willing to do the work. And that's got to be your your reputation. You're willing to do the work. Yeah, um, yeah. There were 52 weeks in 2019, as it is every every year. We did 51 shows. Yeah. You know what that means, right? Consistency. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Consistency. Um, during the pandemic, when me and JB weren't with social distancing, weren't seeing each other, we kept the show going. We didn't miss that one episode. We did our thing. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Because the more content you put out, the more content people have available to view or listen to and enjoy, the more fans you can get. So I I encourage you, I implore you to be consistent. Because anything worth wanting is worth working for. And a podcast takes work. Believe you me on that one. Yeah, yeah, coming over the topics, researching the topics, discussing the topics, getting the correct angles on the topics, getting the correct angles on the camera, making sure the mics are plugged in, making sure the, the, the sound is right, making sure the video is right, making sure Facebook doesn't take this down, making sure it's uploaded to YouTube, making sure it's up every Monday morning by 5 a.m. for our the commuters that go to work have something to listen to, uh, making sure we do the podcast when we don't feel like it, Passing up pussy, passing up time with the kids, passing up going to this event with the homies because there's a podcast to be done. Yeah, it's and that's a real. lot of sacrifice. That's real. That's real. I mean, Sunday evening is 
is is a wash like i'm always doing something on sunday evening it don't matter what else is going on mm -hmm. i'm gonna be here <laughs> like that, that's just what it is you know what i'm yeah. saying it's got to become a job for you not a job but work because it's got it's got to be a labor of love you know um it's it's not just uh, maybe i'll do a podcast and then mm -hmm. it magically happens nah that's not the way it works yeah, we were like, yeah, we're going to do it for 10 minutes. We've been here for 40 minutes. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that didn't work. No, um, not at all. But that's how you saw the podcast during the pandemic, God damn it. Shit. Uh, my left stroke just went viral. Our viral story of the week is JB's mentor, Nick Cannon. Uh, oh, um, boy. I'm going to say this now. We're not canceling Nick Cannon. Nah. I'm not mad at Nick Cannon. I, I think he said something that didn't need to be said. I thought it was already self-explanatory. Um, so I feel for him going down that road. And they tried to cancel him. They canceled Viacom, canceled Wild and Out. They uh, canceled uh, one of his other shows on Viacom. The Masked Singer says that they're going to keep him on because of his apology. And then once he apologized, everybody got mad at him. Everybody black got mad at him. If you don't know what we're talking about, Nick Cannon had Professor Griffin put a public enemy fame on his podcast, Cannon's Class. On this podcast, they discussed, uh, you know, history of uh, the, the world, the race relations, if you will, um, between whites and blacks. And they made it very specific to Jews. And they talked about some of the comments that Professor Griff made about the Jewish community that had, you know, the world in uproar and had him kicked out of public enemy ultimately. They went on to detail some of those discussions, and in detailing them and rehashing them, they went on to quote unquote validate those theories. And that is where the trouble comes in. Um, I don't think they were wrong. I think what they said was historically accurate. I think we said it in a way that wasn't digestible. And you don't always, I, trust me, I say shit, I say it. So I don't always worry about making it palatable to everybody. I just need to say what I need to say. I need to get it out. Um, I think you got to know who you're dealing with. Yeah, I, uh, I, I always try and say what I'm trying to say to make it palatable. So, um, you know, I struggle with what, <clears throat> Nick said, and he's not the only one to make these kinds of comments, you know, in the past new. Um, the, the thing I always want folks to do when they bring up discussions like this is to be more academic in nature and to, and to take a little bit of the emotion and the angst out of the discussion in order to bring the point across. Because I think that there is relevant information there that is very, very important for people to understand, but you can't get that information across if you are just spouting um, what appears to be hearsay, and 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 even though it isn't hearsay, new and it isn't, it appears to be by the way it is conveyed. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you can simplify those things, but stick to academic facts to get that point across. Yeah, I, I would agree. A little less rhetoric, um, mm -hmm. because if you say, let's look at the history of the world. Let's look at what white people have done to. 
to Africa, the continent of Africa, putting us in bondage, bringing us over here to America for 400 plus years. Um, look at what the, the Germans did to the Jews in Germany. Um, look at you know what whites have done to themselves and what whites have done to everybody else. The way they've tried to colonize the world, bring up the Christian Crusades. These are facts. They can't be disputed. They can't be denied. And if you say, well, y'all want to call us savages, look at your history. Obviously, you're the savage. I don't think that's anti-Semitic. I don't think that's anti-white. I think that's just stating facts. But when you kind of go, well, they're evil because they don't have melanin, I don't know if that's true or not. It could very well be true. I, I almost believe it's true. But you can't say that shit because unless you can substantiate it. Yeah. And you don't need to. You don't need to prove the evilness of white people by using rhetoric. You can use history to prove our evilness. You can go, look at what they did to George Floyd. Look at what they did to Martin Luther King. Look at what look at what they did to Breonna Taylor. Look at Jim Crow. Look at redlining. Look at slavery. Look at how in Seattle they're letting black students go to school first. And literally saying we may hold white students out. Say it out loud. Yeah. You can point to that and go, they're evil. Look at Governor Kemp trying to open up Atlanta, getting us to go out in the streets, die, kill ourselves, put us at risk. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and, that, and hold, hold on, hold on, JB, hold on, JB. Like, you can use that. That that shows their evilness. That shows their wickedness. That shows it. You don't have to do hyperbole. And when I say that, if you get mad, I hey, say we're evil. Did you kill Martin Luther King? Did you create slavery? Did you do Jim Crow? Have you done redlining? Uh, uh, why are black people the most susceptible to COVID-19? Is that at your hands or not? It's simple. Yeah, and um, and when you boil down those facts, you come down to a very, very basic conclusion, and that conclusion doesn't need to necessarily involve whether the melanin content exists or not, because I think when you start going down that road, you start going down a divisive road, right? Because really, when you say all of that, you're you're trying to have these folks accept you're telling them what happened you know what i'm saying and that's what that's what needs to happen <laughs> like we need folks to accept what they did you know what i'm saying um that doesn't necessarily mean that the person that you're talking to is evil maybe they are maybe they aren't but what they can't do if you present the facts is dispute the facts you know what i'm saying because if you're dealing with somebody who's disputing the facts then you're not going to get nowhere with them regardless of what you say um and, but that's not the goal here and i think that's the point with this whole thing like we need a better directed approach to this movement so that we are all falling in line and saying what needs to be said. And I know it sounds crazy because we like to jump on this First Amendment rah, 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 rah shit. Yeah, that First Amendment is fine, but if you trying to get somewhere, everybody needs to be saying the same thing or saying similar things in order for us to get there. It's just yeah. that simple. And right now, the world is opening up and to a degree, 
embracing black people with open arms. Why are you picking fights with the Jews? Right. Why, why, why are we fighting with the Jewish people right now? The world is behind us. White people, the Amish, the, 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 uh, in Australia, in Germany, they are all saying black lives matter. Why the fuck are we arguing with the Jewish people right now? Yep. Or any other, any people. Why are we arguing with them? Why are we pointing out all of the, you, you did this, you did this, you did this. You know what it reminds me of? When I found, when JB finally understood what the Me Too movement was about and finally understood our wrongdoing when it came to black women, finally understood we weren't protecting black women, and then all of a sudden black women want to say, yeah, y'all the white people of our race. You, and you want my help. You want me to atone for my wrongdoing as you insult me, suck my dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, and sucking my dick is a privilege. So I don't, I don't want to use that as a, like a derogatory thing. But like, I, I but you, you know what I mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> this, this nigga. I'm just this, saying, young. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> so you should be so lucky. Yeah. But, so, um, so Nick Cannon, like, just, 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 just do, 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 do better. Do better. And Ron just, said just we need better. allies. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and it's no point in alienating an ally, a potential ally, who went through something similar to us. Now, I'm not going to do my blues is bigger than yours and what black people went through was worse than Jewish people. I'm not here to play that game. What I do know is they went through something similar. I know the Holocaust is very real. And they can relate. Whether they related in the past, whether they had our back in the past, I'm not discussing that today. And I think that's another thing. It's, it's not always the right time to talk about certain things. But me and JB did the Protect Black Women show. We made a specific point to not point on anything black women have done that we thought was wrong. That doesn't mean black women weren't wrong and haven't done fucked up shit. I'll tell you now since this is a different episode. My whole life growing up, black women had me thinking I had to sell drugs and kill niggas in order to get pussy. So black women were pushing me to the streets. Real nigga shit. And if you don't like it, fuck you, you stupid, you don't get it. That's my world. They were making that's me think real. I had to sell no, drugs no, and kill real. niggas in order to get some fucking pussy. Black women did that to my neighborhood. Facts. Because all the wavy, light-skinned girls was only fucking with the gangsters. So I had to get out there and do some dumb shit to prove myself so I can get some fucking pussy. Because all they wanted was drug dealers with the Illies. Illies is DC term for uh, the, the real fancy cars. So don't get me on the, the negative and the wrong that black women have done to black men. Because it exists. We're doing a show called Protect Black Women. That ain't the time to talk about it. When black women are fighting for their equality and women across the world are fighting for respect and, and freedom from fucking unwanted sexual advancements, that ain't the time to talk about what women did. That's the time to listen. And I, I, it's, it's, it's just across the board, man. It's just across the board. Um, I'm not mad at Nick. I'm not mad at Professor Griff. I subscribe to a lot of what they said. My name is Nile Tariq Newman. I am a 5 percenter. I grew up under the Nation of Islam, under Farrakhan. But I know when it's time to say when it's time to say. And just because it's true don't mean it's the right time to say it. That's a fact. I and if you... I, go ahead. I, I want to defend Nick Cannon really quickly. Um, when you... We all, I think we all know from watching the show and knowing me for years or whatever, I don't believe in Christianity. I think that it is the worst thing that ever happened to black people. 
I have said some fucked up things about Christianity. And most of my family Christian. I have also went on Facebook and apologized for my comments. Not because I didn't believe in them, but because I hurt people I loved. I said some shit that was angry and reckless, and I hurt people that I loved. Or I hurt people I didn't even know I was hurting. And I apologized. Because my goal wasn't to hurt people. I called myself educating and sharing my knowledge and telling you what I learned. But if, if telling you what I learned is hurting people, it's okay to say I'm sorry. Like, I don't know why Nick Cannon is being attacked by black people for apologizing. If you hurt a mother, if you hurt a motherfucker and they tell you you hurt me, and your response is, what's the alternative? Fuck you? Like, nah, man. It's okay to say I, I apologize for hurting you. My views are this. I'm willing to have a conversation about it, but this is what I think. And I didn't mean to hurt you. It is okay to Nick Cannon apologize. Well, I... I let me say two things. Number one, I think it's A, okay, absolutely for Nick Cannon to apologize. And B, I don't think I don't think Nick Cannon walks the earth hating every white person on earth. I really I really or I don't think he walks the earth hating every Jewish person on earth, quite frankly. I think that Nick Cannon kind of got into a mode of speaking about these things that we get into sometimes without really understanding the nationality or the internationality associated with who he is and how this thing would be conveyed. And I think that's the advice that I would give to the Nick Cannons out there and to the rest of us out there who want to espouse the black Lives Matter movement or who want to speak for black people. Understand that now you are speaking in a public forum, in a public audience, and there is a formality and a cordiality associated with what you are saying. So that Formalities people, and cordialities, people. So that people will be able to receive and understand what you are saying. This is a sensitive time, and we have sensitive topics that we need to get across to America. We need to do a better job of framing those discussions better so that they achieve an outcome. If that makes any sense, Newt. Yeah, and, and yeah, absolutely, JB. It makes perfect sense. And he offended all of his bosses also. How many of y'all niggas is going to go and cuss, tell your boss he a savage and he ain't got no melanin and he ain't shit and then get fired? And I'd be like, hold up, my bad. Can I give him a job back? Or I don't want to lose all my jobs. Like, like, just be realistic, niggas. Like, y'all tripping. Like, I don't work for any white people. So I can say what I want. I I do work for someone, but they're not white. So I I you know I'm not I don't have no fear of losing a job over this shit. But Nick Cannon worked for Jewish people. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? Like he kind of got a. What's the alternative? Don't apologize and then what? Yeah I yeah you lose everything. Nah man, fuck that. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna win we're not gonna win calling white people evil. That's just that's just not yeah. the way to and go. And not, not especially in twenty twenty where they're trying to where they're trying. Where it looks like they're trying mostly the younger generation, because you can't be twenty years old and hate black people as a white person. I mean, what the fuck? Nigga, everything you listen to, everything you watch, everything you wear, and and the the standard of beauty 
it's all black, nigga. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard as shit to be a millennial racist. I know they exist, but it's hard as shit to hate black people if you're a millennial. That's some, that, you, you put in some work to hate black people <laughs> if you a fucking millennial or racist. Or your parents did. Or, yeah, or your parents did. Y'all put in some work to hate black people in fucking 2020 and you're only 21 years old. You, you, you yeah, you, yeah, that was effort. You should hate us because you worked really hard to do that, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, but we're not canceling Nick. And we're not letting them cancel Nick. I text Puffy, um, Jay. Um, I text him and was like, get Nick Cannon on revolt. He did not respond to me. <laughs> but 40 minutes later, he sent out a tweet saying, Nick Cannon, we love you. We got your back. Come to revolt. I'm not saying I got Nick Cannon on revolt. I'm not saying it. <laughs> what I'm saying, you know what y'all think? I'm, you know what? I, I I can hear your fucking uh, shit right now. I can hear y'all going, oh, this oh nigga think God, he, he think guy. he takes this. Now he got to prove it. Yeah, yeah I got to prove go. it. Motherfuckers. Can, is, is that a good depiction? Bring it down some. There you go. I text him. Like, did he get Nick Cannon on revolt? And if you, did he? Um, and about 45 minutes later, he sent a tweet saying, Nick, come to revolt. I don't think Nick created Wild and Out, but he didn't own it outright, JB. And um, he owns a portion of it. I think he owns a majority of it, but I don't think he owns enough to take it to another network. So I'm with Nick Cannon. I'm riding with Nick Cannon. Viacom, give up Wild and Out. Nick Cannon built that. Nick Cannon yeah, had no every question. bad bitch in America on Wild and Out. I know some of them. <laughs> I had dreamed about some of them. Remember the angel from T.I. birthday party we went yeah, to? Yeah. She was on Wild and Out. I mean, yeah, we all have dreamed about some yeah. of them living on Wild and Out, man. Yeah, My God. All the, the battle rappers he gave a job to. Mm. All the comedians that have. Kevin Hart was on Wild and Out way, way back in the day. The careers he's lost, the musical guests he had, but they had that musical performance at the end. The artists that he brings on to do spot weekly moments. Um, Nick Cannon opened doors, dog. Nick Cannon was senior vice president or, or whatever the fuck of uh, CEO of Teen Nick, Nickelodeon's Teenage Network. Yeah. Nick yeah. Cannon ran that. Yeah. Yeah. Ran it well, too. Like, come on, man. Like, like we, we ride with Nick. Nick is going to laugh for our people. And this podcast is about educating black people. Now, we had Professor Griff on there, and they got into some shit that pissed the Jewish people off. And you know what happens when you piss them off? It's like the LGBTQIA community. They're going to get you. So you made a mistake there because you got to pick your battles. You got to know who you're fighting against. Yeah, I mean, but, that ain't a fight worth fighting. Right. Aside real. from that, he, the, all the other episodes were very educational, very enlightening. Very, I'm not letting y'all cancel Nick Cannon. If I got, if I got a shout out a Nick Cannon accomplishment every week until he gets his shit back right, I'll do it. You will not cancel Nick Cannon on my motherfucking watch. How about that? <laughs> shall we move on? We shall. We shall. All right, uh, Tory Lanes. Let's get let's get this one done. Um, Tory Lanes uh, allegedly shot Megan The Stallion. Um, they were coming out of uh, some type of party. Ka Kylie Jenner, one of the, uh, one yeah, of the uh, they were they were hanging out at Kylie Jenner's house for a little get together, and in leaving, um, there was an incident around the car that they were all supposed to be rolling out in, and somebody shot Megan The Stallion. 
um, she wound up being taken to the hospital and so on and so forth. Now they eventually um, arrested Tory Lanez for being in possession of a firearm. Now that does not necessarily say that he shot Megan the Stallion, but one of Megan's best friends uh, in a statement shortly after the incident said, well, Megan was shot and it wasn't me. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. people in the no. car. <laughs> um, I don't understand. Um, this goes back to our protect black women. I don't know if Tory did it. And so I don't want to go too hard on him. But I'm going to tell you, everything is pointing at Tory. And yep. Tory... I'll put it this way. If it's you and two black women in a car, you don't need to have your fucking gun out unless you're protecting them. Yep. So if it was yep. an accident, it was a dumbass accident. Yep. And if she's trying to leave, which allegedly the story is, and you shot her as she was leaving, you a bitch-ass nigga. There it is. And I'll smack the shit out you, dog. That, I mean, you this don't is... shoot. Like, this is why they be saying we the white people of our fucking race. Yep. I do dumbass shit like this. Tell him. Tell him. I hope it's not true, and I hope next week I got to come back and apologize to Tory Lanez because he didn't do that. That's my hope. But if this nigga, you know what? I don't know that he did it, so let's take it off of him. If any nigga shoots a black woman, as my mother used to say, that's some punk shit. That's some punk shit. There is just no, like, there is no fucking reason for this. You know, I'm going to just leave it at that. Why are you shooting somebody you dating? Why are you shooting somebody you cool with? Why are you shooting somebody you in the industry with? Why are you shooting a woman? I say he got some kind of Napoleon complex going. On. I mean, Megan is tall. She might have put hands on him. Maybe she put hands on him. I don't want to make joke, make light of the situation, because Megan made a statement. I want to read Megan's statement because when I saw it, I was like, I was already not comfortable making jokes about it, and I saw jokes, and I was like, oh, I don't like this. But she made a statement. She released a statement. Black women are so unprotected. And we hold so, this is Megan Thee Stallion. Black women are so unprotected and we hold so many things in to protect the feelings of others without considering our own. It might be funny to y'all on the internet and just another messy topic for you to talk about, but this is my real life. And I'm real life hurt and traumatized. Um, and she went on to say she was shot by somebody trying to hurt her. So if it was Tori, she believes it was intentional. And he was trying to literally hurt her. And it's just like, you a, you a pussy, dog. Like, yeah, no respect at all. No respect, no respect and you should be dealt with this. accordingly, man. He, if he goes to jail, well, I'll say it this way. Any man that goes to jail by shooting a woman, you're going to get fucked up in jail. Any man that shoots a woman and gets away with it, you're going to get fucked up in the streets. And it might be both. That's unacceptable, dog. We're, we're not letting our sisters get shot by little dumbass rapper singer niggas. All street niggas, all clown niggas, all gangster niggas. Or any none of that. No. None of that. Like no. there is a time when you gotta stand up. And black women have been calling us out to stand up. And me and they've been like, yeah, we, we standing up, we standing up, we standing up. But look at this shit. It almost justifies what they think about us, dog. Almost. 
It almost. Well, and so here, so here's the message behind this, right? The same way Nu and I are sitting here saying, protect black women, we have to protect black women. That came as an outpouring of emotion and conversations that we had with black women, where we gained that understanding. Those yeah. conversations happened with respect and sensitivity, and we got to learn a lot about this situation that I think a lot of our men haven't been blessed to be able to learn, right? Um, that's why communication is so important, right? Now, at the end of the day, we just gotta do better, man. Like, period, point blank, that's just, that's just it. Cut the fucking excuses, cut the bullshit. Like, this kind of shit, this kind of shit is fucked up. This kind of shit is all the way bad. There's nothing cool about this. Nothing at all. Yeah, and stop making them little corny ass jokes. Like, yeah, we shooting y'all bitches now. If y'all get out of line, eh, fuck all that dumb shit. I know niggas, I know some niggas don't really mean it, but I don't even want to see the jokes no more. Like, we at a point where I don't even want to see the jokes. Like, cut all that Bama shit. Like, this cut shit it off. It ain't funny, yeah, man. It, it ain't. And um, moving on, um, this is a, actually, I'm skipping this shit. We'll, we'll get to this in music later. Mm -hmm. I want to um, stay on protecting black women. Yes. And that doesn't mean jumping in front of bullets and beating up niggas every time. Absolutely. It also means when our sisters are in pain, and, we, and when we know they're in pain, that we're there, that we're listening to them, that we're talking to them, that we're checking in on them. Um, Tamar Braxton uh, is in the hospital right now from an attempted suicide. Um... My all the positive, I don't pray, but all the positive energy in the world to her and her family. I don't know what she's going through, but I know that it was serious enough for her to try to take her life. And that hurts. Yeah, it's it's important to say that pain is a matter of perspective, right? Yeah. So whatever her issue is or was, if it brought her to that point, then that's legitimate pain that needs to be addressed with counseling and therapy and emotional support. Um, frankly, I, I hope and I do pray, so I hope and I do pray that her sisters, her DMV sisters, will gather mm -hmm. around her and create a shell of love and protection for her so that she can work her way through this. Because she's an incredibly talented individual, New. Hell um, yeah. We don't, we don't want to see people with that much talent fall down these kinds of paths, you know? And artists tend to be sensitive, so we tend to go through things emotionally on a level that other people don't, right? I hope her family is sensitive with her. I hope that she gets the nurturing and the love that she needs to pull through this new. Absolutely. Um, Amanda Seals spoke on it. I'm sharing her love. And I watched her interview on The Breakfast Club, but she broke down in tears and was saying that people don't like her, like her personality, people don't like it. And she's like, this is me being me, but people don't like me, so what am I gonna do? I might as well just kill myself. Because her personality rubs everybody the wrong, well not everybody, and, and Amanda, if you hear this, you don't rub everybody the wrong way, sis. Stop thinking that. You know, there is a portion of people she does rub wrong that are angry with her and lashed out at her, and she's thinking, but I'm just being me. And if me being me makes you hate me, then why even be here? And I mean, I know what she's saying, man. 
I know how she feels. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't put my arms around her like, since you good, like, everybody ain't going to like you. And that's okay. Some aren't going to like you because they legit look at the things you do and they, they, don't, they don't like them. Well, Some aren't going to like you because they're jealous. Some aren't going to like you because they're insecure. Some aren't going to like you because they want to be with you. Some aren't going to like you because it's in style. But it, that, that is not a total reflection of you. How other people, and this is not for just Sister Amanda, this is for all of y'all. How other people feel about you is none of your goddamn business. I don't give a fuck how you feel about me. It ain't my business. It ain't my business. You can feel whatever you want about me. What, what's that going to do to me? The four agreements say don't take anything personal. How you feel about me says more about you than it can ever say about me. There it is. There it is. And I'm going to say it again. What, how you feel about me says more about you than it can ever say about me. Give a fuck what you think about me. As long as I can go to sleep at night. As long as the people that I love love me. And, and, and when I'm off, they'll tell me. When I'm right, they'll tell me. And, and as long as I'm loving and understanding and, and moving and shifting in a, proper, a positive direction, it is what it is. And I wish I could give that to Amanda. And maybe that's what Tamar was going through. I wish I could give that to you all. And I know you all want to be loved. Trust me, I want to be loved by everybody. I really do. I don't need it, though. I've never had it. So I've lived without it my entire I've, There's never been a point where I was loved by everybody. I've always been hated on, always talked shit about, always the oddball. When I was in the street with the gangsters, I was the least gangster. When I was with the nerds, I was the least nerd. I ain't never fit in right. It's okay. Because I learned that that's what makes me special. I never quite fit in nowhere. And, and that's where my strength comes from. Well, and so, Amanda, let me say this. Um, you know, everybody goes through those types of emotions, but if you are feeling, if you are feeling to the point where other people's dislike for you makes you want to end your life, then that might be something to talk to somebody professional about. That might be something to talk to a therapist about, honestly, because there's a level of, there's a level of uh, clinical depression associated with those types of statements and those types of feelings that, in my personal opinion, man, Amanda, it would behoove you to address with some professional she help. She says she's doing that. She's That's been doing awesome. That. That's that. I mean, you know that that's hopefully hopefully that that helps with those types of feelings because that that's a that's a problem. That's scary. Yeah, that's scary. You know, and when you're in Hollywood, you're under that spotlight. It's not them four girls what they think. It's what those four million people. Absolutely. Think. So it, it's 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 daunting. It's daunting. Yeah, which is why mm. you need professional help dealing with that shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another person who needs professional help. JB's poker buddy, Governor Kemp, and all his bullshit. I wish I did play poker with him. <laughs> this broadcast would be in a different place. Boy. Right, right, right. He's trying to sue Mama Mayor. First of all, leave Mama Mayor the fuck alone before JB kick your ass. <laughs> That's real. one. For real. Two, For real. you suing her because she wants to mandate masks in Atlanta, but your statement says everybody should wear a mask. You're just not going to mandate it. Fuck is the problem? And, and three, Mama Mayor isn't the only mayor in Georgia that's mandating masks. Why are you picking on her? You want Atlanta to get out there and get fucked up, don't you? You want us to be the little science experiment, don't you, Governor Kemp? 
That's what you want. That's why you suing her for Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> bitch the, ass nigga. <clears throat> the dog whistle racism has been more overt and more open the uh, the more this pandemic progresses because they're always talking about opening these highly populated or urban areas back up. Um, and it's just weird to see that coincidence, right? Why would he sue her? Um, what is this? What is this going to accomplish? You got to start asking those questions. The only thing it's really going to accomplish is it's going to tarnish her name, and it's going to affect political influence for the Democratic Party in the upcoming election, in my opinion. That is the only reason why an individual would do something like this and why Governor Kemp is doing this stupid ass shit. Um, I'm watching you motherfuckers. You ain't slick. This shit ain't slick. And I'm gonna touch on this point later. But y'all, you Republican slimy motherfuckers, y'all ain't slick. I see your work. And I'm going to call it out the same way I'm calling out this bullshit. This is a distraction. This is bullshit. And it's stupid. And I hate it. And we as a people have to recognize this bullshit for what it is when we see it. Absolutely. This is going to be our life's work. <laughs> We're going to spend every week. A little segment, the Shut Up Stupid Award, the Donald Don't Be Dumb Award. That's for you guys. Yeah. We're watching you. Yeah. And every time you try to pull a wall over our people's eyes, we're going to call you the fuck out every single fucking time. There Governor Kemp, leave Mama May the fuck alone. There it is. There it is. Uh, our Nipsey Hustle Award um, is, is, I love that the award is named after Nipsey. Rest in peace, Nipsey. We love you. We miss you. And we lost another legend, uh, Congressman John Lewis. Um, we know he was big on the march on Selma. We know he was with Dr. King. We know that he's one of the last civil rights leaders that, that's around from that era, that's in Congress, that was still doing work. Um, he's beloved here in Atlanta. This is his stomping grounds. This is where, you know, of course, he was with Dr. King. This is where he was born and raised. And um, I don't know everything about John Lewis that I probably should, but I know his impact was felt throughout the country. I know he was protesting against Trump till his dying day. And I know that the state of Georgia, especially the city of Atlanta, has, uh, the flag is down right now for losing John Lewis. So thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your contributions and uh, positive energy to your family and everybody that was affected by your loss. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a legend here. Um, the man, he, he was one of the big six, um, one of the big civil uh, six in terms of the big civil rights leaders, you know, um, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Thurgood Marshall, um, you know, and the list goes on. Um, he was Malcolm Farrakhan, Elijah. But go ahead. <clears throat> he was badly beaten um, during the uh, march in uh, Selma back in 1965. So you know he became kind of one of the faces of the movement during that time. Elected to Congress in 1986 and served in Congress until his dying day. Right. So that's what. Uh, by, by my count, uh, 20 some odd years, 19, 1986 to 2020. No, that's, no, that's about 40 years. 
20, 34, about 34, 34 years. Yeah, 34 yeah, sorry about that, y'all. I wasn't on the mic. 34 years. 34 years in Congress. Um, you know, uh, serving the Democratic Party. He was instrumental in campaigning when Obama was elected. Um, this was a great, great, great man. And we've lost a legend. Um, you know, rest in peace, John Lewis. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, our Netflix and Shield segment. Uh, Fatal Affair, mm -hmm. the number one movie on Netflix, <laughs> starring Nia Long, my high Woo! school girlfriend, Woo! and Omar Epps, JB's, um, JB's virginity brother. I don't they know about virginity all that. Pledge in junior high school, never I have sex. I um, disagree with all of those statements. <laughs> None of that happened in real life. I'm just making that clear. Um, None of that happened. Nia still look good, first of all. Yeah. And, uh, we look better than Omar. We've aged better. So, <laughs> it is the movie made me feel great all around. But um, it's Fatal Affair. It's a, it's another. I don't know why they're doing so many black versions of Fatal Attraction. They keep doing it Beyonce over and over and one, over again. Yeah, uh, just Alba. Uh, 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 shit. And then Kerry Washington had one. It's like eight of them. It's like eight of them. Uh, homeboy from DC with the eyes. I forget his fucking name. But he had one with Sanaa Lathan. It's just a shit ton of them. This one, it was as good as the rest. It wasn't a great movie, but I didn't expect greatness from it. Mm -hmm. When the timeline was going off, oh, this movie trash. I was like, what were you motherfuckers expecting? Right. Were you expecting the five heartbeats? <laughs> like, what the fuck were you expecting when you cut this on? Yeah, yeah. It's just a cool little, you know. Total popcorn fluff. Yeah, yeah this romantic horror. Is that a genre? Is this I a romantic it was, I think they thriller. would call it, yeah, romantic thriller, yeah, I think like, is what yeah, they call it. I mean, you know, it's it's cool, you know, whatever. I have I haven't seen it yet and honestly your comments about it didn't make me overly eager to jump out and watch another version of Fatal Attraction. Um yeah. I did see the one with Beyonce and um Idris Alba. Idris Alba. Um I did see that one and I was just like, huh? Uh, it confused me because <laughs> I was like, Isn't this fatal attraction? Like why yeah, are they yeah. doing this? We have done ten black versions of Fatal Attraction. It is yeah. weird. We yeah, that ten black weird. versions of nine and a half weeks. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, Ron shouted up, shouted out a couple of good shows on Netflix. Um, Warrior Nine, I have seen. That's a good one. I started uh. it. Um, I saw the episode one, and I got about five minutes into it. My phone rang. I never got back. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna get back to that. And we talked about the old guard last mm -hmm. week. The old mm -hmm. guard. That movie was pretty dope. Mm -hmm. Um, Charlize mm -hmm. Theron and all the the the. Uh, the, the 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 battles and the guns and the shooting and the, that shit was tight. I fuck with that. What what else he said? Um, then he put up uh, P Valley. I keep hearing about that. It's Pussy Valley. Mm -hmm. um, I need to watch any show called that has pussy in the term and then valleys and peaks. I'm interested in all of those shows. I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> I want to see some P Valley. Yeah, yeah, that looked pretty interesting. But I mean, Netflix has been kind of slowing down a little bit for me, dude. Not, I mean. I don't know. I guess it's because of you know COVID nineteen. We're not getting like that big bump in 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 programming like we got at the beginning of COVID. They kind of went all out and it's starting to die down a little bit. At least for they me personally. They just put uh, the Last Dance on Netflix, the Michael Jordan documentary. Mm. So that's now on Netflix. Mm. Um, and yeah, but have, I mean that was on that was out you know before. I mean, well, yeah, ESPN. But it, but it's it's readily available for you guys. Um, that's that's big. Um, there are they've been going back and putting like old black shows and shit up. Mm -hmm. But I think you gotta have Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. <laughs> 
It's shit all across the board. You just gotta go yeah, look for gotta, it. Yeah, you gotta jump around. I wouldn't sure. say Netflix is slowing down. Um, I would say it ain't shit that's catching my eye though. But they, maybe it, that's it, why it, I it, think it's slowing down though, because yeah. ain't nothing catching my eye either. For real, yeah. for real. Uh, Ron talked about season two of the Umbrella Academy. Now that's coming of, into the month, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that. Yeah, I'll be watching that into the month. Matter of fact. That's what we could do now. Start watching that in preparation. I think it comes out like July 28th or some shit. Yeah. Start watching that in preparation for that. Yeah, I love The Umbrella Academy. That was a great show. Did you watch The Order Season 2? The Order Season 2? See, no. shit I did. No, you just ain't watching it. I'll have to check that out. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a couple um, good shows on there. Mm. And they have all them weed cooking shows. Have you watched all them yet? Um, yeah, I kind of lost interest with the weed cooking shows because I, you know, I don't have that. I can't, I can't do any of what they doing right now. So it's, it's less fun for me. It's like, okay. I don't like watching cooking shows if I could, unless I could actually do some of that shit. Why can't you do it? Because I don't have enough. Oh, I get, I get it takes that. a lot to, yeah. to yeah. cook with it. Yeah. Um, okay, music, music. DJ Khaled dropped two records with Drake Friday. Upon my initial listening, I was like, "This is trash." Drake lost, and I'm over it. I went back to it, of course, in the car, and it always makes it a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, rocking out in the car it does, but you get to. Oh shit! Wait a minute. Yeah. What just happened? <laughs> get the bopping in the car. Yeah, it's I like, want oh, shit. this drink and another one. I am not a doctor. I'm a pop star. <laughs> yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't talk about this earlier, new, um, but uh, August Alcina's song "Entanglements" with mm-hmm. Rick Ross. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, he's capitalizing on a moment. I think he's also telling his side of the story. Um, I don't know, man. This this whole shit's so messy. It can't get any messier, so I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is what it is, but it's a it's a nice little song, though. Yeah, like, Rose broke the whole Will Jada August relationship down, like in a science. He was like, I got the willpower, but I'm jaded. Favorite rapper Tupac, and he said some other little slick shit. I was like, all right, nigga. Yeah. It happened in August. Yeah. <laughs> Like, all yeah. right, Rose. <laughs> I hear you, Rose. Broke, it, broke that shit all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jene Aiko released her deluxe version of her album, and she added some features on songs that didn't have features. And um, I like it. I don't normally go for the deluxe album. I'm playing like, eh, whatever, you know, whatever. But it, it's actually good. It's got some additional content on the junk. Yeah. You had already had the original one, though, right? Yeah, the, yeah. But um, I would listen to the new one because of all the new tweaks. Mm-hmm. It was Extra it was shit. good tweaks. Oh, so it wasn't just like a few added songs. Like she redid a couple of their songs on the and know. added people too. And she gets her get high song, which was like a one minute interlude. She made it a full song with Snoop and some singer. I can't think of who else it was. Maybe maybe it was Snoop and Wiz Khalifa. Maybe, but she it went from a one minute interlude to a whole song. And I love the interlude. But now you guys Snoop like nigga, it's a weed song. Yeah, yeah it's a little different. Yeah, it's, yeah. it'll be out of there. 
Yeah, that's um, what's up. And all these songs you can hear on our Pondane Kickback playlist, yeah. available on Tidal, yeah. Apple, Spotify, yeah. and Christian Mingle. Well, not really Christian Mingle. I was about to, I, mean, I didn't know. know they had playlists they, on They probably the don't. It's probably gospel. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get out of here, our book club, we're still reading Contagious. We'll be mm-hmm. reading Contagious for the next two weeks until we switch to uh, our fantasy book that JB is going to pick. Our non-fiction. Well, our yeah. fictional book. Yeah, I'll, annou- I'll announce the fiction. Well, I can announce it now, actually, if you I'm want. I'm going announce it now. Okay, okay, we, we can wait. Three, two, three weeks. Okay, we'll, yeah, wait, we'll, we'll wait, wait, we'll wait. That's fine. You guys got to wait. You know how you keep an asshole with suspense? Oh, you can okay, talk now. Talk now. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, in the book, Contagious by Jonah Berg, uh, chapter four talks about social proof, mm-hmm. where people do what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, one interesting story was, you guys can't see JB's laptop, but it is right here. And they talked about the Apple logo, and they wanted the Apple logo to face where you open it. So when you sit your laptop down, if the logo is facing you, you know, that's the way you open it. And then they thought, like, well, shit, when you open it, it'll be upside down to they people that are outward. watching. Mm-hmm. And they said, what's most important? The, the, the ergonomic value for our customer to, to see which way to open it or that when it's open, what other people see. One, they already bought it. They're already a customer. So you want to get more customers. And people do what people what they see people doing. Absolutely. Um, they talked about uh, another interesting thing where if you need a kidney or you need a, a kidney transplant and you're number 100 on the list, and then they say, we have a kidney for you. That means 99 other people turn that kidney down for some reason. And if you're number 100, most likely you'll turn it down. Now, you need this kidney to live. You're about to die. But why did everybody else turn it down? And that's the power of social, um, social proof. And um, it's also a thing, um, shit, it was social proof, and, uh, which is when you do what other people do. And social currency, I believe, is the term where people like to talk about things that make them look a certain way. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, where I went to school. I want to talk about the girl I dated. I want to talk about my football team because they win all the time. I want to talk about these new shoes I have. Well, you know, whatever the hell, things that'll make you uh, yeah. feel more affluent in a conversation. Well, and social currency is much more difficult to build behind a product or brand recognition because. You want people to somehow feel cool or feel like they are in the know or somehow above or more prestigious than others when they talk about your product. Well, that's what they mean by when they say, you know, social currency, you know, um, and pro- creating that value proposition behind your brand is really difficult because it requires subtle marketing. Right. Um, but, you know, going back to the whole thing of social proof, you know, mm-hmm. um, in uh, psychology, they call that bandwagon. Right. Where yep. basically <clears throat> basically because you see other people doing it or because you can identify with someone you see doing something, you are more likely to do something. You're more likely to jump on that. Um, perfect example. Um, you can do this social experiment anywhere anywhere now it's a little dangerous to do it nowadays but back in the day if you uh if you were to just get in a like uh somebody did it a long time ago just a door like a door not a real entrance to anything just a door and Mm -hmm. they just started standing there like they were standing in line 
And they were like, and people were like, why are you standing here? It was like, it's going to be great, man, once they open up. And then a mm -hmm. lot of people started to form. <laughs> I, the door was never going to open. <laughs> they got like 10 people standing in line. That's what's that, up. That kind of shit. But that's how people's minds work. It's actually biological, which means that you can study that and understand that in terms of making money. Yeah. And I would recommend the book. We're halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through. The book mm -hmm. is called Contagious. Mm -hmm. It's by Jonah Berger, and it is about marketing and promoting and getting your business and your brand in front of everybody, be it word of mouth, social media, marketing strategies and tactics, or shh, mum's the word, don't tell anybody, but still getting it in front of people. It's a fascinating read, and um, we're going to alternate from business books, uh, spiritual books, and then to fictional books, fantasy books, stories that you can enjoy. Um, and so right now we're on the business side. So everybody's doing their LLCs and trying to start their side hustles, their business, or living out their dreams. Contagious by Jonah Berger is, is, is a great one. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And it's a great it's a great listen too. Uh, we recommend doing it on audiobook. That's how I'm I'm reading it. Yeah, That's how news reading it. It's six hours and fifty minutes long. So it's not a long read at all. You know, you can get through it quickly. And, you know, I've I've started to like go back and, and listen to little bits and pieces again like the hot dog mm -hmm. story the the hot dog spot yeah that's one of my favorite ones young, yeah it was just so yeah. like it you would never think it would work that way that's the please don't tell one mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you would never think that a hot dog place would work out like that but that shit is crazy yo Absolutely. Um, lastly, shout out to Elena Deladon. Y'all know I'm a big fan of the WNBA. She plays for the Washington Mystics, my team. We won a championship last year. She's the reigning league MVP. She has Lyme disease. Y'all hear me complain about taking 10, 12 pills with my sea moss and my soursop leaf, my black seed oil, my vitamin D3, my vitamin C, blah, 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 blah. She's taking 100 pills today with her Lyme disease. I don't think you heard me. You know yeah. how many pills a hundred is? A lot. So fuck of a lot. And um, she feels compromised. And the doctors for the WNBA would not give her a pass to skip the season. Right. Which meant that if she didn't show up to the bubble, you know, they're playing in these bubbles, that she would not be paid. And she cannot afford to not be paid. So she had to make a decision. Do I want to live, you know, to, uh, and be safe? Or do I want to risk it to get this money? And I was very upset. Uh, I, the WNBA did a lot to in, to uh, correct the way they treat women as far as pay, minimum pay, medical benefits, maternity leave. And I felt like this flew in the face of that. And I made some posts about it. And like, God damn it, WNBA, get it together. Y'all did all this great shit for this next upcoming season for these women. And now you're treating them like shit again by making them feel like they have to risk their lives. To play. And the Washington Mystics stepped up and said she's going to get her full check no matter what she does. Right. We're stepping in. Right. So shout out to my team, the Mystics, for taking care of my player, Elena Deladon. I thought it was an ugly, ugly, ugly story, but it had a wonderful ending, and hopefully she's safe. And if she chooses to sit out and not play, um, and she gets her money and can still take care of her family, I, I love it, man. 
love yeah, it. I <clears throat> I love it too. I love I love that the organization is stepping um, stepping in to stand behind one of their players. Um, what scares me about the ruling though, new is what happens with other people with other health conditions that might be in a situation like that like for the league to step in and set this kind of precedent that's what bothers me and concerns yeah. me and they've been letting certain players be exempt mm -hmm. but they were denying her for some reason yeah so i don't yeah. i don't know what happens in that situation jb because i don't know how they're making their determinations yeah i mean <clears throat> what it, th this one sounded to me like um like they were they were dealing with the um with the physical risks associated with the physical strain of playing basketball and not really so much thinking about the risks to her immune system due to covid right so i think that's why they were medically clearing her to play however that being said i still feel like that is short-sighted of them and that concerns me greatly now again this is my conjecture i don't know but that's what it sounded like to me based on what I read in the article, and that's why I see it as a problem. Though. Okay, well, thank you, Kickbackers. Thank you, mm -hmm. JB. Thank you, myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, this has been another great episode. Indeed. Indeed. Hopefully, you took some nuggets with this on how to start your podcast, and you go and do it. Hopefully, we address a lot of these topics, and they made sense to you guys. Yep. And we're able to convey some things, and we're not canceling Nick Cannon. And hopefully, Facebook doesn't try to cancel us for sticking up for Nick Cannon, but. If you do, fuck you. We'll go to another platform. <laughs> we'll go we ain't got no bosses, bitch. We'll go somewhere else. Good night and God bless y'all. We will see y'all Monday morning. Hell yeah. Early. And if you're on our Patreon account, we're we doing something this week for Patreon, JB. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to do a short episode or something. Patreon, our kickers, our backers, our kickbackers, y'all getting a special gift this week. I don't know what the hell it's going to be. I don't know what day is coming, but you're going to get it. And if you want to sign up for our Patreon account, you go to patreon.com slash a pod named Kickback. There it is. Uno, we out.